Hey friends, welcome back. It's Teresa Huff, and I wanted to pop in with a quick solo episode to give you a few updates as we kick off into the summer months here. So first of all, I'm working on some things behind the scenes. I've been a little quiet lately on social media, but I've been trying to respond to those of you who have reached out. I love hearing from you, love getting messages about the work you're doing, the questions you have. Please keep those coming. I'm still around. I've just been laying kind of low and had my head down in some projects. And some of those I'll be sharing more about in the next few weeks. I'm really excited about some things that I've got in the works to support you and to support nonprofits as a whole. I would love to hear from you and what you're working on. So please do reach out. Now, if you've listened to the podcast for a little while, you may have heard me mention my TEDx talk. The the title of that talk is The Real ROI of Grant Writing. And if you haven't listened to that yet, I thought this would be a fun episode to play the audio for that talk because it is so important, even if you've heard it before, or if you've heard me talk about your ROI, we really need to be focusing on what kind of impact are we making? What kind of return on impact are we giving back to our communities, to our donors, the grant makers, everyone around us? How are we making a bigger impact? And that's what we need to keep in mind. So I want to share the TEDx audio with you today. You can also watch it on YouTube if you want to see the slides and pictures that go along with it to illustrate the framework and building the ROI that I talk about. And I also share a couple of fun pictures of my family, so you might want to pop over and watch that. Also, would you please do me a favor and share the talk with others? If that is helpful for you and if you gain some useful information from it, please share it with your board members, people you know that are involved with nonprofits, people that are not involved with nonprofits, because really I gave the talk to help people better understand how we can all support nonprofits, how we can avoid just get a grant and actually help and make progress. And as always, I would love to hear your feedback, your thoughts, and you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or on my website, contact form, TeresaHuff.com. All right, here is my TEDx talk. I hope you enjoy. Imagine that you're sitting at your desk at work, your boss walks in and says, hey, I need a favor. I have this fundraiser I'm signed up for on Saturday and I can't make it. It's for such a great cause though, it's this youth organization. Can you go for me? And you're a team player, so you say, yeah, sure. So on the way out, he says, oh, by the way, it's a marathon. Just get some good shoes, you'll be fine. (laughs) If you're like me, I'm not a runner. I'm not ready for a marathon on Saturday. But I hear the equivalent of this a lot in the nonprofit world. People hear someone has a nonprofit and they say, oh, you should just get a grant for that. Or you need to build a new building. I've heard there's grant funding out there. Why don't you look into that? It's not that simple. Just like training for a marathon, it takes a lot of preparation and work. There's a better way to go about grant funding than saying, just get a grant for that. That's what we're gonna look into today. 
A few years ago, a good friend of mine called me up and said, hey, will you sign up for this 5K with me? And I thought, sure, that sounds fun. A day out with the girls. We can chat while we walk through the park. No problem. I signed up and then found out this was a 5K run, not a walk. And as we've established, I'm not a runner. Don't do it, don't like it. <laughs> but I wasn't gonna back out of my friend. So I did what any non-runner would do and downloaded the Couch to 5K app. We started training. I had just enough time. So I decided to set a stretch goal for myself. I was going to finish the race. I was going to run the entire time without stopping and not be last. So the day of the race came and I met my goal. And not only that, I was fourth in my age division. I thought, not bad for a non-runner, pretty good goal. That would never have happened if I had not spent that time consistently training day after day, pushing through. When it was hard, when I didn't want to get up early and do it, I stuck with the training program and survived. This is what our nonprofits need to be able to work more effectively in the communities. It takes day after day consistently working and building their ROI. Now in the business world, we know that ROI is a return on investment. You put money into something, you calculate how much am I gonna get back? In the nonprofit world though, we look at this more as a return on impact. You're not gonna get your money back when you donate to a nonprofit. And when a grant maker gives funding, they're not looking to get the money back. They're looking at how much impact can we make through this work that they're doing? How much of a ripple effect can we create by partnering together? And that's why it's so important for us to band together to help build this ROI. Everyone's life is impacted by a nonprofit in one way or another. Even if you're not sitting on a board or working for a nonprofit, I bet you're somehow touched by a nonprofit in your life. Maybe it's through your school PTA or a disaster relief organization. Or have you ever looked up consumer reports before you bought a car? Nonprofit. So they are all around us and they're a big part of our society, which is why we need to do our part to help them training for the race instead of saying, oh, just get a grant for that, thinking we've been helpful when actually we're saying, hey, run a marathon by Saturday, just get shoes, you'll be good. So how can we do this? We do this through what I call the ROI framework. We help them build relevance, we help them optimize, and we help them interact. Let's look at each one of these in a little more detail. Relevance means we first do the research to make sure, is there even a need for this in the community? What are the statistics, the data that supports this cause and this mission? Why is it so critical that we do this? We also consider the relevance of the grant maker and whose missions are going to align with the nonprofit's missions. What gaps are in the community that the nonprofit can fill and that they can partner together to meet those needs. And consider what kind of logical proof of ROI there will be. Like for every dollar invested in this program, there's a $5 return on your investment, a $5 impact in the community to help pay it forward. 
I was interviewing author Bob Berg on my podcast. He wrote The Go-Giver and he coined the phrase, know, like, and trust, which has become a common phrase in the marketing and sales world to build know, like, and trust factor with your audience. It's the same way with nonprofits. And he said, what you're giving them is an opportunity to do something that's congruent with their values. That's what we're doing with grant makers in the nonprofit world. We are giving them opportunities to do something congruent with their values and their mission that they wanna impact in the world. But it starts by working together. The next piece is optimization. Making sure the nonprofit is up and running successfully. Is it running like a business or are things scattered and all over the place? It needs to have a good solid infrastructure. It needs to have efficient systems and it needs to be organized policies and procedures, good leadership, the board working together as a cohesive team. This optimization is critical because an investor is not going to donate to something that is confusing or that they don't understand. So are we clear on the mission and the vision and where it's going? Author Cal Newport says, clarity about what matters provides clarity about what does not. So it's important to get this clarity and make sure we're conveying it clearly as we work through the nonprofit. Finally, interactions are so important. Authentic, meaningful relationships in the communities, in the people we serve, in volunteers, board members, staff, all the people around us, even working with complementary organizations, other service providers, companies, building those partnerships is such a key piece. There's a person on the other side of everything we do, whether it's a grant application, an email, a phone call, we always need to be speaking to the person. Grant makers are people, not ATM machines, and we need to treat them like people. Adam Witte, the CEO of Forbes said, business moves at the speed of trust. And it's the same way in the nonprofit world. We need to be building trust through all our interactions and all our relationships, even before the day of the race. This happens during that whole training phase of preparation. Now nonprofits may have two of the three and they can make some progress, but there's still something kind of missing. So if we look at this possible combination, they could be relevant and optimized, but if they're not interacting, then they're inauthentic. And this is not a good place to be. This is kind of like the nonprofit who said to me, we talked to that foundation, we argued with them three different times and three different times they turned us down. I wonder why that's probably not a good approach and not a good authentic relationship building strategy. That's why it's so important to have this piece in place. Now they could be relevant and interacting, but if they're not optimized, they're terribly inefficient. The technical term for this is a hot mess. And it's also not a good place to be because then you're kind of all over the place and disorganized and nobody's gonna quite trust what you're doing and you're not gonna seem like a good solid investment. 
I see a lot of new nonprofits that don't have programs up and running yet. And they're saying, where can we find grants to get going? And I tell them, you're not gonna find grants yet. You need to get your programs running. You need to be stable and sustainable for the funders and the grant makers to want to invest in you. So they need to look at other sources of funding to make sure things are optimized and running efficiently. And finally, they could be optimized and interacting well, but they're not relevant. And this is a tough place because then they're ineffective. The work they're doing is just not quite hitting the mark and people aren't understanding what they're doing and why it's so important. I had a nonprofit, it was brand new. One time they asked me to write grants for them and they said, go hard and fast as you can at anything you can find. That's not a good strategy when it comes to grant writing or business. And that's not an effective approach. We need to back up. We need to make sure what we're doing is relevant and that we choose strategically and deliberately the best opportunities that align to help build the relevance, the optimization, and the interactions that matter. When we do that, when these all three come together, that's when the magic happens. That's when we get the return on impact that brings results. This comes from oh, about two decades of working with nonprofits and looking at what's worked on those that grow and are extremely successful and sustainable and thriving. And the ones that we've, they've had some mistakes or they fizzle out or they just can't get the momentum going. There's either all these things in place or there's something missing. And after realizing that, that's the secret sauce. It's that simple. It's not easy by any means, it's a long game. Just like training for a marathon, it takes a lot of time, but it's worth it when you get the three pieces together. Our daughter went to college last year and she quickly got involved with a nonprofit on campus and it's their largest nonprofit. It's called Mizuthon. They support the local children's hospital and they raise funding for it. Last week, they had a one day fundraiser and those college kids in one day managed to raise over $11,000. These are not trained nonprofit professionals. These are not fundraisers. These are college kids. But the key is they've been building their ROI and this organization has been working towards that for years. They've been building relevance, optimization and interactions over time. That way, when the day of the race comes, when they want to have this one day fundraiser, they win. That's what happens. And that's the power of building the ROI over time. The year after I ran that 5k, my friend called me up and asked me if I wanted to do it again. And I thought, sure, not starting from scratch this time, it'll be easy. But this time, my eight-year-old son wanted to do it with us. And I thought, mm, buddy, this isn't your school track meet. This is a 5K. It's 3.1 miles. And after all, I'd been training. He had not. But he was really insistent. He wanted to do it. And so 
I okay, I'll let him do it and I'll just plan to kind of slow down, hang out with him. I won't worry about meeting my goal from last year. The kid beat me by eight whole minutes the day of the race. And the thing is, he'd been playing soccer since he was three years old, pretty much year round, runs all the time at recess, at school, all, everywhere he goes, he ran all the time. He was fully optimized and he knew it. He was ready for the race. He'd been preparing way better than I had. <laughs> and so he knew his stuff and he knew he could handle it. That's the power of building ROI. And that's the power of helping our nonprofits consistently. Instead of just dropping, hey, run a marathon, Autumn, let's help them build their ROI over time. One of my favorite slogans when I'm driving down the highway is with Old Dominion Freightline, helping the world keep promises. That's so visionary and powerful. I just love seeing that every time. They don't talk about their fleet or their miles or the tons of freight they haul. It's way bigger than that. Yet we know what they do. We can see that. But they're casting this big vision of helping the world keep promises. How powerful is that? What if we stop throwing just get grants at our nonprofits and start saying things like, Let's help our nonprofits impact the world. And how can we do that better? Let's start thinking more strategically and more supportively for them. Author of The Accidental Creative, Todd Henry, asks a very powerful question. He said, in the end, we're more defined by the questions we avoid than the questions we ask. I don't know about you, but that kind of makes me think, ouch, I don't want to be defined that way. I would rather ask better questions. So I want to challenge all of us. How can we ask better questions of our nonprofits? Things like, how can I support you this week? Or what's your big vision for this work? What keeps you up at night? What keeps you coming back day after day after day? Who can I introduce you to that would be a meaningful connection? How can we ask those kinds of questions and then stop and listen to what they say? Because that will give us some valuable clues as to how we can truly help them build their ROI, their relevance, their optimization, and their interactions that will lead to a much bigger return on impact. And by doing that, we can help nonprofits impact the world. Thank you.